Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Jake drops. Chuck tries to find a store. And the New Jersey Regionals wrap up. How are we doing today, Chuck? How are we doing? I am doing good. It's another fun week of Pokemoning. Yes, tell us all about it. What, how was your week of Pokemoning? Uh, well, I mean, there wasn't that much Pokemon in it, but uh, it was another good weekend. I got to do another pre-release. So um, this was at Sports Card Junction, and I finally caught a kit with something in it. Oh, so, um, do tell, do tell. I got the Rainbow Typhlosion that Ooh. I've been looking for. So uh, pumped about that. Wasn't able to use them, obviously, but uh, the Hisuian Decidueye V that I also got in my kit Proved a little bit useful. Probably the only time I'll use that card, <laughs> but useful in pre-release. Also, um, by the way, Hasuian Electrode busted in pre-release, by the way. Um, yeah, I would uh, imagine so. So Not the um, V, just the, the, the single prize one. Busted. Right. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> awesome. So how did you end up doing it? Uh, you got some pulls, but did you uh, did you do well? Your deck? Yeah, uh, we played four together? rounds. Yeah, we put together I put together a, a grass folk like a grass focused uh, with decidui deck, but um, uh, I went three and one. We played four rounds. I went three and one, and the reason why I say Electrode is busted because I think he took eight KOs on Absols, which is another <laughs> popular card in the kit uh, for zero energy. So. Um, he does 50 damage, uh, Absol's weak to grass, only has 100 HP. So uh, they kept chucking Absol up there, and I kept uh, countering with Electrode, and it was like, I'll just take Knockout with no energy. Thanks. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that is pretty busted when everybody's trying to uh, get those dark dark attackers out there. The Absol definitely was uh, pretty prevalent in a lot of kits. So um, yep. good on you on that one, my friend. Secret, secret tech. Right. Um, so aside from that, uh, I mean, this is these are all local Pittsburgh stores that you keep jumping into these pre-releases. But uh, you're having a little bit of difficulties, I guess, uh, finding a place to play um, out in your new yeah. neck of the woods. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm yeah, I moved out into the Toledo area uh, outside of Toledo. It's Fremont, Ohio, officially. Mm. Um, I own a house there now. Um so I am trying to find a local game store um, to go play at. I have a couple um, lined up for Toledo uh, that I will try and go to after work uh, because it'll be hard to go back and forth. Right. Um, and then I know someone mentioned one last time we played at Full Grip in Sandusky. I just have to find the store name and try and go. But that's when I get free time on the weekend, because Sandusky is about about a 30 minute drive from where I'm at. So it's not too bad. Uh, 30 it's minutes not bad to um, be able to go to LGS is, is I would say probably average, right? Yeah, it's not, it's, it's average. Um, I just don't know who does what, when on, uh, when Pokemon nights. So there's one store that I, I have an online thing that says they do it on Tuesday. So we might, uh, I might be playing Pokemon this week but we'll see very awesome so i wasn't the only one i know playing pokemon this weekend no. jake 
what what were you up to? Um, well, I was playing some Pokemon. It didn't go well for me this weekend. Um, so I I went out to the New Jersey uh, regionals, the Secaucus regionals. Um, mm-hmm. It was again a Pokemon put on a really good event. Um, the venue was definitely a lot smaller than the Indianapolis um, Convention Center. Uh, but I mean, it was still awesome uh, getting to see lots of people come in and, and play, um, checking out all the venues, um, getting some cards uh, for myself, um, a little bit of a, you know, a spoiling myself moment, um, but didn't end up doing well. Uh, before we kind of talk about my run, I guess I want to give a shout out to a couple of our locals that we went out with. Um, um, Samantha uh, was playing Ice Rider um, and was really killing it on those early rounds and going in to round eight, she was still in it. And I believe she, she ended up tying what kind of put her out of contention because um, her opponent never had a win condition. And then uh, instead of, um, you know, trying to, I mean, instead of playing it out to try to like win, they just drew it out a little longer to try to get to time um, and, and uh, it was kind of frustrating watching over uh, that game <laughs> where where her opponent was um, playing not to lose uh, and, and going for that tie when it really didn't benefit him, uh, you know, as well. So it kind of took them both out at the same time, which is a little bit um, frustrating um, yeah, on this end. But, you know, it is what it is. But again, another solid uh, run by by Sam. Um, so keep that up i know that was her first uh regional so i hope to see her continue to go to other ones and um you know play well and and do well like uh like this weekend um props to use an ice rider right it it was a sneaky really sneaky good meta call and i guess we're going to talk you know a little bit later on about just the meta in general um what was seeing success what what decks were seeing success techs was seeing success and all that kind of stuff um, but it was a good call on her part, and she, you know, um, executed really well, um, getting herself in a position to make day two. Yep. Um, but I also want to give out a shout out to our two uh, two other locals, which are um, local judges of ours. Uh, so Joe and Steve both uh, were being part of the event, doing great jobs. And Steve was actually able um, day two to go on and be part of the stream uh, judging um, for half the game. So every other game he was on there. Um, and I think he did a really well, a really good job with um, a couple controversies, I guess, popping up as far as like gameplay and, and potential um, things that happened on the board. But I think he, yeah, they made him work while he was, made him work <laughs> while he was he judging. Handled it, so. he, he handled it well um, yep. and it did a really good job. So props to him on that. Um, and I, I, I'm very happy to see that he's starting to get, uh, you know, a little bit um, more recognition there as a judge. Cause we, you know, we here in Pittsburgh know how awesome he is, his uh-huh. wealth of knowledge to the game um, and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm very happy to see it paying off for him. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's great to see those guys get a little bit of recognition and uh, time and uh, moving up in the judge, uh, judge ladder of things. Right. So. Right. Um, but aside from that, I mean, there were a lot of positives, like I said, um, and I, you know, I always love to see all our local group and any, you know, anybody part of Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast, um, you know, do well. Um, and I'm always going to be behind them, cheering them on along the way. 
Um, unfortunately for me, my run did not go so hot. Um, I ended up bringing Intellion Bird Box, um, and I felt really good about the deck. Um, leading up after Indianapolis, I in Indianapolis I played the Barrel Engine, um, which seemed really good. It was going well for me. Um, played the Intellion Engine, you know, the two weeks leading up, it just felt a little slow, so I decided to go with you know the Barrel Engine again. Uh, made a couple um, ads and subtractions um, for the list, depending on the metagame. Um, and it just didn't ha- happen for me. Um, I don't think I necessarily um, played horribly. I just think my opponents played absolutely perfect in the game situations. Um, and, and, and maybe the worst part or the worst part for me, I guess, was my additions slash uh, subtractions, the deck just kind of bricked out on me a couple times, which I don't, I think I, if anything, I think my preparation or my deck choice um, was a hindrance to, to myself trying to move forward and, and improve upon what happened last or two weekends ago at Indianapolis. Um, so I, you know, I, I went a one, three drop. Um, I think my first matchup was a kind of an indication of what was going to happen throughout the weekend. Um, It went really, really close where um, I believe I won. No, my opponent won game one. I won game two. And he was playing um, um, Suikun Ludicolo um, and played it well. Uh, but going into game three, you know, yeah. in, in both those games, I was keeping my bench very small, you know, trying to keep it r- out of the range of <laughs> Oko-ing me. Um, yeah. And game three, where he ended up winning, uh, I had my Arceus on the uh, one Arceus on the bench and my active. Um, he And they were both full health. And all he needed, I mean, you know, I, I think, okay, I'm playing the best of where the situation is where he can't take Okos because I only have one bench Pokemon. Um, But his game winning play was to, he ended up getting actually two um, Ludicolos, um, you know, powered up in the same turn and echoing horned me and had a choice belt (laughs) to add, to add everything. So, I mean, again, um, I don't think I necessarily did anything wrong in game, but just my opponent, reading the board state and making that great play. Um, that was kind of an indication of what was going to happen. And I had a couple other um, game situations like that, where um, game two, I lost uh, because my opponent played very well and had a, an Inteleon and recognized um, I was going to win if they didn't attack with an Inteleon um, and did damage to my Hoopa and then bossed him to the bench and killed him with the 20 ping damage. Um, and then killing out uh, my single prizer to take three prizes at the end. So, um, and that again was in game three. So close matches, but my opponents just making the optimal plays in the situation. Um, I can't get too mad about it because, you know, there's a lot of talent out there and, and, you know, they, yeah. they, they did what they needed to do. Um, it was just unfortunate for me that I had a kind of an unfortunate um, weekend, but Hey, it happens. I mean, toward, played in his and he went oh three drop as <laughs> so i guess i it yeah it, Some, it is sometimes it happens um i, I don't want to say it was unlucky i think it was more um my one my opponents played like superbly um uh, and then also just deck choices um and tech choices may have slowed me down a little bit 
yeah. So, I mean, sometimes that happens. Sometimes uh, that it's just not there, and you run in some stiff competition, and people play, you know, kind of out of not not saying they are out of this world, but you know, they just make all the right choices and. Even when you're making the right choices, sometimes it just doesn't happen. Right. So you can only put yourself in the best position um, and, and give yourself a, a, a higher percentage of you know success. Um, but that doesn't mean your opponent's not doing it as well and, and taking uh, advantage of board states and um, kind of seeing that path to victory. So um, props to all my opponents. I still I had no bad experiences as far as any of them. Um, They're all um, classy people. Um, had good conversations with during and after the, you know, the matches. Um, so, um, no, it was it, no complaints there as far as just like, um, salty plays or anything like that. Good. Another clean tournament of playing. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I didn't run into any of those, like I said, um, our local did a little bit and I know there were other instances, um, on stream or off stream where I've, you know, just through Twitterverse kind of, you know, people with some salt. But I mean, I think that's kind of to be expected when you go into these IRL tournaments. Yeah. I mean, I think someone said that the regional is bound to bring up drama somewhere. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So um, after my one, three drop, before, like right at lunchtime, um, I, I, w- I had to, you know, take a walk, try to get some food. And this time I could take some time. I was going to go to the local Chipotle afterwards, but uh, they, yeah. their line was ridiculously long. So I'm like, <laughs> ah, there was a, there was a couple sit down restaurants there. So I went to, um, I think it was a red Robin and just got to hang out and take my time and have a couple drinks just to kind of calm myself down and, and then, you know, come back and, um, root on all all the friends uh so it was still um a good weekend that's good did you did you bang out any side events um I, not really i played a little bit on day two with uh my leon's art deck and that was actually a lot of fun made a couple changes to that one with um um the 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 stadium um now i can't think of it um but the one that accelerates fire um so it it made the deck pretty fun and consistent um but, you know, ultimately, uh, I was a little bit burnt out after um, after the rough start. So I mainly tried to watch a lot of stream games and kind of see how, you know, these top players, um, you know, that make cut and all that stuff, how they sequence and all that fun um, shenanigans. So um, the day was filled with a lot of watching Pokemon. Okay. Yeah, I just uh, I saw the other locals that were with there too, like managed to snag some pretty cool stuff on a prize wall that wasn't there when we were in Indy. So right. So I mean, on that note, um, with the prize wall and then like participation, when we went to Indy, we all got that you know the the card and the mat, and you know it's it's nice. Um, but mm-hmm. I was hoping to have a different selection with the mats, but they didn't have a different selection. Um, it was still the Arceus mats, but the cool thing was. Um, for people that have already gone, they had a selection of hats here. So you could pick the the starters from, you know, the Sword and Shield blocks. So you had Grookey, um, Sobble, and um, Cinderace. Not Cinderace. Cool. Uh, um, what was the Raboot? Not Raboot. Which one is? Uh, Score Bunny. Yeah, Score Bunny. I got all the other evolutions for the for that. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool uh, to be able to actually finally get a Pokemon hat. Um, there you go rocket um 
So officially course, rocking the Grookey gang. Uh, yeah, I had to support uh, hashtag Grookey gang because he is the coolest of the basics of the starters. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with that one. He is he's pretty cool with this. Right. Um, but yeah, that was basically, you know, my takeaway from the weekend. Um, and then, you know, coming back, um, just uh, driving, carpooling with uh, Sam and Steve. Um, it was a long drive uh, that I came in this morning um, as of recording. So I'm pretty wiped out, but still wanted to get this, uh, uh, this week's episode out and talk, you know, about the meta and, you know, the upcoming meta, because we're in a pretty exciting time again, where yeah. another set that seemingly going to shake up the meta and ch- change what decks are maybe viable or add some names into that pile of um, decks to consider bringing to big tournaments. All right. Well, then, before we do all of that, let's get our usual shenanigans in then. Have a little bit of fun before we jump right into that meta talk. Right. All righty. So let's jump into trivia. It's time time for trivia. Trivia. All right. So I guess I will go first. Um, Okay. And... Um, I picked another card, which I'm going to give a big hint. It is technically not standard legal at the moment, but basically is. Um, So that should tell you that it's on a set that's about (laughs) to become legal. Um, But it is, we'll just say, quote unquote, standard per the use. Um, So name this Pokemon. This ability belongs to. This one should be pretty easy, but uh, let's see if you get it. Uh, no, um, <laughs> the ability is Hustle Bark. Hustle Bark? Yeah, as Rex is upstairs barking. <laughs> Hustle Bark. Hustle Bark. Uh, I'm going to, that's either, there's, there's a Stevel, but that's, I don't know, the fox is bark. Um, what does the fox say? <laughs> Uh, and then there's Mighty Ina that has an ability. There is a uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Mighty Ina. I don't remember what they called his ability. Yep, you're you are 100 correct. Yep, it was, oh. <laughs> it was Mighty Ina. I think I picked it because uh, a lot of people are hyped about the card, um, especially in like a Zoro box or a Dark box kind of counter. Um, which this this ability actually really helps counter Mew. Um, so ability reads, if your opponent has any VMAX uh, Pokemon in play, this Pokemon attack costs three colorless less. Um, and then with its attack, it only has one attack, which is three colorless energies. Um, wild Tackle for 160. This Pokemon also does 150 damage to itself, but for basically for free attacking for 160 um okoing basically any relevant um you know v max um psychic type um and then also being able to just two shot things with this uh with this attack um with any you know v max in play um pretty pretty hype on this card a lot i think a lot of people are so yep because i can do it twice because it has 110 hp without killing himself right and yeah. even if it does die and another one comes up, bam, you're two-shotting something and you're still ahead in the prize race. Yep. Um, I like that card myself as a, a new 
addition to the dark box of things that can counter psychic Pokemon. So right. uh, it is pretty nice. Especially in a VMAX world still. I mean, we are transitioning out, but I think it definitely has a warranted spot in a lot of decks. Yep. All right. My turn then. We got to do a name against that Pokemon via its Pokedex entry. So uh, we have, uh, I'm going to get you this entry here. Uh, it is technically a Gen 2 Pokemon. So, but it has, we'll go with that. Jesus. So, uh, this Pokemon protects itself by flaring up the flames on its back. The flames are vigorous if the Pokemon is angry. However, if it is tired, the flames sputter fitfully and it, with incomplete combustion. Typhlosion. Cyndaquil. That's it. Cyndaquil. Okay. Cyndaquil. <laughs> Typhlosion is... He's a little bit more aggressive on his Pokedex entry. Okay. But, but I did do Cyndaquil because he's a cute little starter. Um... And uh, he is on topic because I'm all about Typhlosion this week. So, right. you know, not yeah, so Typhlosion. I know you you pulled a lot of Japanese, um, you know, packs and uh, for the next set, um, and, and you got your play set of Typhlosions. Um, so I know you're really hyped about that. Um, I actually did open a box today with my son after I got home, and I ended up pulling. Um, a v and v star so i'm on a one one line already um so pretty hyped to be able to maybe pair him with you know my favorite pokemon of all and that would be uh of course dragapult yes i am i am already i have to share you what i've been working on today after we're done because that's i'm, I'm going down that road already yeah, but, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll talk about new deck archetypes here uh, in the latter half of the episode, yeah. so we can we can we can talk about that and a couple deck ideas I have as well um, that might see some interesting play, or at least you know is worth testing out um, now that this new meta is about to get get started. Yep, but for, before we do that, uh, we have to obviously hit up our random card madness, of course. So. Uh, as as we all know, I will generate a random number, and I'm pulling from uh, Astral Radiance's set list since it's known, it's out there. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a good time to decide whether some of these cards are good or to throw in, in your binder fodder. Right. So I randomly generated a number between 1 and 189, and I got number 98, which after scrolling down the list leads us to a dark Pokemon that is... Definitely the talk of the town at the moment. Uh, it is Dark Rye V, mm -hmm. the dark Pokemon that has 210 HP, is a basic and has two attacks. Uh, Wind of Darkness does 50 damage for a dark and a colorless, and then Dark Void does 130 damage for two dark and a colorless, and then your opponent's active Pokemon is asleep. Um, the big talk is because it also comes with a V-Star, which we usually talk about if it evolves. Right. So you'll get a 270 HP Pokemon then after you evolve it with the, with one attack and one V-Star power in the form of an ability. It's attack for double colorless. So DTE works here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 30 plus 
This attack does 30 more damage for each dark energy attached to all of your Pokemon. Not just Dark Rai, anything you have on the board, plus 30 damage. And then the ability for his V-Star power has, during your turn, you may put up to two item cards from your discard pile into your hand. Uh, and then you cannot use more than one V-Star power for the game. And then he is weak to grass, which is notable, notable but uh, he is definitely seeing some talk on whether he is going to be really good or not. So... I- what you say is Dark Rye v a keeper or not? I tend to think Dark Rye might be seeing too much love, and he might kind of be falling in that category of Rayquaza v Max, um, mm-hmm. where yes, his potential is really great. Um, with his ability, you can potentially use Turbo Patch uh, six turn or six times in a turn, really, right? Or actually. Yeah, you play it twice, you use it, you use the ability, and then you have four more. So, yeah, six times, you potentially in a turn, um, which is ridiculous. Um, and then you can, you know, do crazy damage um, with all that. Um, but, again, there's just a lot in that combination pile that needs to happen and a lot of energies that need to go on. Um, I tend to think he will probably just be binder by the end of it. Obviously, we need to play test, try him out, see how he does in the meta. Um, but I ultimately think he's going to be binder fodder. I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, I think his uh, the hype is that he has that that solve for X, so he can do big damage. Right. But uh, we see this dam- the same damage modification, like this same damage modifier from. Uh, Shadow Rider. Right. And, and before you start hitting that one hit KO stuff, and we're talking like 10, 9 to 10 damage on VMAXs or like 7 or 8 energies on board. And now, Dark is now, be that it's not a psychic Pokemon and it's a Dark Pokemon, he has certain advantages that I think help lead to this hype. Um, they are reprinting Dark Patch. So Dark Patch is back with Astral Radiance. Right. Um, we have Galarian Moltres V. We have the that recurs Dark Energy, and you have the the baby v- Moltres that drops two in one turn. Right. So there are ways to stick a lot of energy in the game in one turn, but um I don't see them hitting that numbers that he needs to be the main guy in the deck consistently without losing too much energy before you can gain it back, like put right. more back. Right. Um, he might be a side attacker and he has the fact that he's a dark Pokemon hitting into a psychics world at the moment uh, going for him. But like for the same reason, I think, they're just better dark attackers that are going to be easier to use, which is why he will be overhyped and will be not necessarily binder fodder, but I think they might be able to make him work somehow, but not to like um, to, to the tune of the Mu V Max level. Right. And, and and one more note I want to say about Dark Rye and really any dark deck for the most part that's going to be relevant um, in the next couple months plus, um, where in the past, people are like, oh, it's just weak to grass, so it's not really relevant. 
uh, grass isn't relevant into the format right now, but I have a sneaky suspicion with uh, Gardena's coming out. Um, and then a couple other, you know, grass Pokemon that was waiting for that um, acceleration um, that I feel the grass is going to see a good, not maybe the lion's share of the meta, but definitely a huge uptick where you're like, hey, I actually have to consider grass as a viable deck and a vi- or a viable weakness um, that can be, you know, countering me um, as well. So yeah. that that in itself may just drag him down just a little bit. I agree with you on that too. I think grass is just waiting for an attacker that doesn't rely on uh, retreat cost to do its bulk of its damage, considering that the most popular deck in the format has zero retreat. So right, it's just, uh, if it has an attacker that can do decent damage uh, that doesn't require retreat cost, and then you might you might see grass take off, especially with Gardenia's coming out, because that's a great card. For sure. All right. Well, that was uh, a good random card madness discussion. Um, better than you know some of the ones we've had in the past. Uh, so I random randomly generated that. And I was like, all right, well, we got a good card this week. Right. So. Exactly. Um, but with that being said, let's jump in to Turtwig talks the meta. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks The Meta. This is your host, Ryan. Otherwise known as our way for gaming I am joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week we have 13 tournaments, 1,069 unique deck plays, and 2,989 matches to cover this week. Now, let's get into those top 8s. Starting off, Whimsicott had 9 top 8s. Arceus Gyarados had 9 top 8s, and Arceus Duraludon had 9 top 8s. Mew Genesect had 12 top 8s, and finally, Arceus had 25 top 8s this week. That's it for the top 8s of this week, let's, now let's get into those boring meta numbers. All these decks had over a 50% win rate this week, those being Arceus, Whimsicott, Arceus Duraludon, Ice Rider, Dark Inteleon, and Arceus Gyarados. Notable changes to Arceus Inteleon, Arceus, Whimsicott, Rapid Strike Malamar, Urshifu Inteleon, Arceus Duraludon, and Dark Inteleon. Starting off this week, Arceus Inteleon had a dip in play percentage by about 4%. Arceus had an increase in win percentage by 10%. Whimsicott had an increase in win percentage by 12%. Rapid Strike Malamar was down in win percentage by 5%. Urshifu Inteleon was down in win percentage by about 3 and a 3 quarters percent. Arceus Duraludon was down in win percentage by 4%, and Dark Inteleon was up in win percentage by 3.5%. Now, I would like to give some appreciation to our local group at Heroes Inc. Comics by shouting out the winner of our Thursday Locals. This week's winner was Professor Adam with his Mew Genesect deck. So, I'd like to thank Adam, myself, for running all the events on Thursdays. I'm very, I'm very appreciative of him, so thank you again, Adam. We all appreciate you and love you. So now let's talk about the decks that won this week. All these decks had a single win this week, those being Arceus Lycanroc, Ice Rider, Rayquaza, Shadow Rider, and Whimsicott. Next, Dark Box and Mew Genesect both had two wins this week, and who 
Ooh-wee, Mellow Magikarp's going to be happy about this one because Arceus Gyarados came in with four wins this week. Ooh-wee, great job, Arceus Gyarados. Now, Turtwig worked hard on getting all this data ready just for you. So if you could let us know on Twitter at RY4Gaming your thoughts on this week's report. That does it for this week's Turtwig Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. Another great meta report from Ryan. Always appreciate those. And as always, it's time for the news. So, uh, still light on news. It's regional season. Not a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, We are kind of in that set is dropping. Um... And the next set isn't really ready to be revealed yet, era. So uh, we did get two card reveals for our special set of Pokemon Go. Um, one being a very popular Pokemon that everyone was waiting for in Mel Metal VMAX. And another one being a cute gimmick with Ditto in the cards. Right. So let's let's cover Mel Metal real quick. Um because I know a lot of people were waiting. Melmetal is a fan, kind of a fan favorite. Um, and a lot of people were waiting for this VMAX because they, it was like one of the big ones that you could VMAX in the game. It just kind of it excluded. Um, so we have it. It's VMAX. He does his 330. He's obviously metal Pokemon, 330 health. So he's chonky. He's got one big attack for three metal. G-Max Juggernaut, 160 damage plus. This attack does 60 more damage for each extra metal energy attached to this Pokemon, in addition to its attack cost. You can't add more than 120 damage in this way, so you're looking at 280 damage. Um, essentially the same thing as Grimmsnarl V-Max, just metal. Right. Um, it does 10 more damage. I don't know. I... Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not sold on this being no. a very good VMAX. Um, it does have a little things going for it in that uh, you can, it's metal, so you have access to Bronzong and or other things, but uh, it has a retreat cost of four. That's so hefty. Uh, so in the past, we've had um, item cards or tool cards to attach, and it helps with you know, HP buff if you're, um, if you have a, a high retreat cost, but currently we don't have anything like that. So that just that retreat cost is is very detrimental, um, I think, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, kind of lackluster uh, for Melmetal. Uh, very shades of, I think it has a little bit of a shade of like Lucario Melmetal attack. I believe he did extra damage for extra energy, but um it's just not it's not good enough. Uh, maybe if it was like two energy and you could add go higher, but um, it is essentially the same thing as Grimmsnarl because Grimmsnarl was three dark and you could add uh, 120 extra to hit for 270. Right. That only did a 150 base. Um, f- five energy is hard to get into the game to make worthwhile. So that's all I can say because I tried to make that deck work. He didn't have yeah. Metal Saucer, but I mean, he's not looking any better even now that I have Dark Patch with him. So, exactly. <laughs> um, unfortunately for Mel Metal V Max, I don't think 
we're going to see a lot of him out there. Um, you know, I will say he looks really freaking cool, though. Yes. Uh, at a first glance, I was like, what's going on there? You, I really had to do a double slash triple take to kind of see what his pose was and how he was looking. But um, yeah, kind of digging it. It's, a, it's definitely an interesting looking art for sure. Yep. All right. Well, let's get to the other card that we can cover real quick. Uh, it has a ditto um, coming with an ability, which is actually pretty neat um, because it has a sudden transfer ability. This Pokemon can use the attacks of any basic Pokemon in your discard pile, except for Pokemon with a rule box. So uh, he can kind of, uh, it's kind of like a single prize ditto that is similar to the ditto V rather than swapping. You just kind of uh, use the attack of something that's in the discard. So could be a pretty cool card might be playable. Now, does um, it have now with his ability, does it have to have the, the energy cost or is it? Yeah. You still need okay. to have, it says it is an outline. You need the necessary energy to use oh, each attack. Yep. I see that now. Look at the card. Um, Jake. <laughs> so depending on what you're trying to copy or how you get, the, like what the energy attacks, uh, what the energy costs are, it could be usable. That's where it's it's neat and could be useful, but you do have to be able to pay for those energy costs. Right. But it does come with a cool little gimmick because each ditto that you pull in your Pokemon Go packs are not going to actually come out as a ditto. They're going to have a card in front of it that uh, it's not a really card, I guess, a, a, a another Pokemon card, card yeah. on the face. And uh, you will have to peel that Pokemon off to get to the ditto card right um so it is hidden and uh i don't don't exactly know what pokemons they can see that, that you're going to get uh there is a little icon in the bottom where the regulation mark is so that you would know that it is a ditto underneath right uh the only one we have i've seen is a bit um that you can uh that it will be hidden under but uh it could be different cards and whatever it is hidden under is actually not tournament legal so, or hidden, yeah, whatever it is hidden under is not tournament legal. So you will have to, if you want to actually use this in a tournament, you will have to peel the card. You can't just hide ditto. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it is a, a ditto in the, in the, in the, in the set um, number. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, a D for ditto. So <laughs> he, he's uh, <laughs> not quite legal. Or not going yeah. to be, I guess. Um, I mean, that is a, a really cool gimmick. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how they are. Uh, if it's like easy to spot that right. it's different. Now, um, do you think it'll lose its value if you peel it, or do you think you should just uh, for those collectors <laughs> out there keep it, uh, keep it stuck? We'll, we'll see how that works with collectors. Be like, ah, ditto. It's unpeeled ditto. It's worth more. <laughs> right. Unpeeled PSA ten. <laughs> unpeeled PSA 10. That's what we need to see. Somebody get that graded. Please get a 10. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see how, how those... I'm just curious to see if he's not like a a rare. He's a rare... See that? I wish he wasn't rare because then he could be under a bunch of different things. Right. Um, or maybe they maybe they hide him under a bunch of different things. I mean, the Bidoof, under... the Bidoof is not a rare. The Bidoof pitcher. Correct. Yeah. So I wonder how he's hidden in the pack. If he's just kind of an extra rare, that would be actually really cool. Yeah. We shall see uh, here in a, in a couple months. Yep. 
Um, but as for that, that is kind of all the really the news there is. Um, so we can jump right in to our meta discussion on the meta that is, and then the meta what that it will be. be. Okay, so um, I kind of want to talk about what I've seen um, at at New Jersey. Um, and kind of see the the evolution of the meta and see kind of text that we're seeing because we still are in this time frame in the next couple of weeks that we're going to have Vancouver and Milwaukee regionals that are not going to have um, all the astral ratings um, be, you know, legal. So we're going to be in the same, you know, block of cards that, um, you know, will be legal for the play um, and kind of see where the meta game has progressed um, going forward. Um, so first and foremost, um, Arceus still going strong, um, being able to pair him with the dark package, with the water package, with the counter box, with the bees. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on Arceus, um, right now in, in the meta? It seems like he is, you know, probably top dog, um, winning the the most amount of regionals and having the the most versatility when it comes to deck creativity. Um, he's doing got he's doing really good. Um, I'm surprised, a little surprised to see how uh, RC is top heavy. Like the day two, like the high end, like where people were finishing, right? Um, was top heavy in the day twoers, and then if you scroll down to the bottom of it that's where you get like more movie max and kind of some others mm-hmm. um, to the list of, was it 55 players in D- day two? Yeah. Um, so it is, it, I was surprised to see that because we're seeing uh, a lot more different builds of Arceus that may be shying away from the consistency build. Of- right. Being able to um, every turn I'm going to training Nova to another Arceus or another attacker, you know, and they're getting a little bit more counter boxy, which leads to a little bit more inconsistencies. Um, so um, I thought maybe Mew might might see an uptick because they might be taking advantage of that because it's old, ye old, consistent deck, but um, they're still finding ways to make it work. I mean, Chark. I'm seeing Charizard VMAX top that was right. 13. I, I, I got Swiss. to watch that um, that deck in action. Um, it was a joy to see Charizard actually do um, do some work and um, <laughs> love the sequencing going on there. Just like I said, there's just so many options with Arceus, um, but I I am surprised to see it this top heavy in the top in the top cut of day two. Um, just for the simple fact, because I again I I played Arceus um, in both regionals I went to. Um, and the main weakness in my eyes um, is that turn one, um, regardless if you're going first or second, is just being able to set up the board state because um, a lot of these are playing the Inteleon engine. So if you whiff some Inteleons, um, you know, early on and don't get those started on, um, you're looking a little bit in trouble. Um, and then you can kind of just be behind there. So I guess the weaknesses are, it could be a little slow to set up. And then, like you said, they are changing where they're more like techie versions. And I think that was definitely what I was trying to do is, um, you know, find an answer for almost just about anything that will be thrown down. Um, that can still lead to inconsistencies, even though Starbirth is such a great ability um, 
yeah, I mean, either way, um, Arceus still finding its its legs, still finding its consistencies, um, no matter what. Um, and it's just poised to be able to adjust to the meta, no matter how, um, which way it kind of goes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you said it, those, those abilities that attack, very good. Uh, that ability um, just helps helps it stay so so consistent um and as and as long as it can keep that consistency it can keep these finishes right um i mean because as as we saw it took down the another another regional with a win um but it's the immunity max is still there too so right. uh it more of them crept up into the top eight than it, like if you kind of look at the standings of date like the day two qualifiers and then you had like one UV that like did really well and then like they kind of all bunched around like 30th but then three of them made top eight so they were still like preying upon this rcs's possibly um so hey uh it, it is what it is like the rcs v star and mu are like tip of the tip of the iceberg right now right in in and deck choice right um and, and again beedrill seeing a lot of play for you know the answer to the mu we'll we'll kind of talk about that later but like i guess the the main thing i want to talk about especially in these rcs builds um is what is the better consistency um engine currently because there's kind of two trains of thought we've seen um plenty of success on both i guess um but you know the intellion engine shady dealings again seeing oh it, it's been so consistent over the you know past year plus. Um, but Bibarel really seeing a lot more play recently. Um, maybe a little bit quicker just to get that raw draw. Um, but we did see it in the finals where it was um, Arceus Bibarel versus Arceus Intellion. Um, you know, and they had side side attackers on both ends. Um, but Bibarel actually took home home the you know the dub. Um, and, you know, sitting there watching that, the, those two matchups, it went, just went to two games um, and Luke Smith, uh, um, you know, piloted it very well. Um, but board state, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, um, Intellion, if you just whiff it early or don't even get an Arceus out because there's just so many different kind of options. Sometimes it's, it's has that slow start and that's all it really takes for, you know, your, your, your opponent to kind of just, um, have that momentum and get be able to steamroll over you know you no matter how good or bad or a player because uh, um, Peter Kick uh, how do you say his last name um, your guess Kika 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 yeah a, a really good player obviously making it to um, finals and watching couple couple of his other games leading up to it um, the deck can be very consistent once it starts rolling but sometimes it can stumble um, like I kind of alluded to with the the Intellion mm -hmm. engine. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you really rely on your ability to evolve the Intellions. So if you ever hit a point where um, you don't have a reliability to get the Intellion or um, maybe a draw supporter in your hand to draw cards to get Intellion, like to get those next evolutions... Uh, you can kind of stall out a little bit. I've seen that with myself in Intellion. You have to be very crafty with how and when you evolve and what you get to make sure you can continue that ch chain going because 
um, you could run out of gas real quick, uh, which someone can take advantage of for you. Uh, Bibro, on the other hand, can kind of offer a little bit of consistency in that you never really run out of gas as long as you can reliably get rid of cards. Right. Um, so uh, hopefully you just don't get stuck in your hand, but that depends on what you put in your deck. Um, that like, like Mu Max plays a bunch of cards, doesn't that you don't get stuck with the right, but sometimes it still happens. I mean, yeah, I think every deck has you know, it, every deck is not perfect, no matter how well it's uh, you know, crafted. Yeah. Um, any deck can still kind of stall out, it's just a matter of the percentage that happens. Um, so it seems like Bibarel is is really picking up a lot of steam in this current meta. So, how often did he did you you were watching the Luke play. How often yes. did he use that Crobat VMAX? Was that like in every because it has uh, no, it wasn't in every situation, but um, um was he freely he dropping the Crobat though to like kind of draw draw cards or oh yeah, he was definitely using it for its you know its dark asset ability to draw cards and then you know the next turn it, it, if he had it, I don't think he would out of his way to try to evolve, evolve it, it in most matchups, but it definitely makes it tankier. And gives it a different option for attacking as well. So um, I don't think he overused it, um, but he definitely did use it um, to great effect. Um, you know, when the game state, you know, asked yeah, for it. Because it's it's a cheeky way to get to a mu counter without having to include necessarily like uh, the B drill or all of the other dark attackers that you could use right. too, and then still get draw power right um so another another card i want to talk about again um seeing a lot of success after indianapolis even before that but um um you know isaiah bradner really putting it to the forefront with the the b drill um getting that mustard playoff um really seems like most of these players are getting um mustard off pretty consistently um to get that b drill out there and with those special energies in the field right now um, I don't see Beedrill going anywhere too soon, even into the next meta. Yes, there are going to be a few decks that don't really even um, play special energies, but still, um, I don't think that's going to hinder the deck to have a couple Beedrills in there, uh, especially with other grass attackers potentially seeing um, some more success. So I think maybe the deck will change a little bit, but um, going on to these first or the next two events, I still think Beedrill will be pretty huge in the meta. Yeah, I mean, the B has proven his worth. Um, he's, do, he's doing a big job of taking those quick KOs on the special energies, and the, the mustard play has been sneaky, but I think the good players have figured it out. And, and Arceus, if you just figure the hand out, you, that star birth really can just open the door. Right for that B drill. Um, no matter what the hand size is, because you can just get the cards that you need to get the hand down to zero, and then that be the last thing that you have in your hand, and go from there. Um, it's it's not easy, but it is when you're a, a well tuned player, you can definitely figure the way, see that line pretty reliably. Right. So again, now with with the Beedrill play um, with Arceus, um, seeing a lot of success, um, and then also you know Arceus 
with dark box uh, or just dark box decks in general um you would think mew is just like not be in the in the meta not be relevant but again we're seeing um four through six all mew v max um so the deck is still seeing a lot of success um and being able to make day two being able to have success against its counters because it is just so fast um but one card that really has popped up this week and kind of i heard a little bit of rumblings going into this beforehand um to counter that beadbox deck is that big paracel being able to deny the effects of attack and an effective attack is just instant ko um so being able to protect itself from the beadroll deck um a little bit better um so yeah i i guess talk a little bit about the mew with its new text going into um, this week and, and for the next two weeks really um i mean the the big text i mean the catchers were there at indie i believe some people were playing those so that's like another addition to uh kind of get that rcs out of its like safety zone that right. it builds uh, on the first turn, so you can still go, haha, I mellow edited you. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, uh, it has room to put in a little bit of text for things. Uh, so the big parasol just kind of, uh, if if the route is only through that one VMAX that you have on the board, uh, you can throw the parasol on it, and then it's not be drillable. So um, it is a, a, a nice get uh it just depends on uh if you get the parasol when you need it that's all right um i mean these mu players are you know they thin their their decks accordingly and are able to you know set their their deck up in a such a situation where you might be able to get it um you know pretty consistently on the times you need um you know to protect from that beedrill um that beedrill attack so um, yeah. it's, it's a pretty nice inclusion, but going into, you know, next weekend in Vancouver, um, do you think, you know, with the ad- addition of the big parasol, do you think we're going to see, um, more of that 61st card in a lot of decks is, you know, the tool scrapper? Do you think we're going to see it, um, maybe try to counter the new counter, or do you think it's a little too early for that? Um, what are your feelings on that? Um, and might be a little too early. Uh, I mean, those RCS decks. I mean, maybe because those RCS decks really have to stay on the cutting edge to keep countering what they want to counter. Uh, so uh, at one point in time, though, they're going to put too many tricks and then their fireworks are going to fizzle. So um, as as I say, it might not be able to function. Uh, I think really like Mu, Mu VMAX kind of, it's kind of like, I think not necessarily like, trudging along but like it's kind of like keeping pace with these decks that are trying to innovate 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 and then these guys that are diehard new players they can they have the room i think in uv max to where they can innovate something like this big parasol right and the catchers or and maybe even make another tweak um to where they're kind of like making it where i can still consistent enough to do everything i want to do but for you to be able to get around all of these things, you're going to be too inconsistent or I'm going to have a defense against it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Mew's going anywhere for the next two weeks for sure. Um, and I guess going into the new meta with some of the new dark um, attackers, um, 
I still don't think he's going to go anywhere because again, he just sets up so fast in general um, and is able to be able to out consistent its counters. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm looking at, at Vince's deck who is the top new player at Swiss and finished fourth overall. And he is, uh, he's up to two psychics now and right. one double turbo energy. So I think that's switched because it usually was two and then one. Yeah, psychic. exactly. So I mean, even like they have room to play on the energy counts just to make things so it's not, uh, you're not getting those instant KOs. Yeah, I think, yeah, like I said, Muse just in a in a pretty good position still, even with a lot of decks trying to specifically counter it, it's still showing up, even though it hasn't won a tournament since um, the first regionals or I, the IC in Australia. Uh, it's still just always there. Um, staying consistent and it's still such a great pick. Yeah. Um, I don't I have to look at the calendar again. I can't remember how many more events there are before uh, like the meta before the radiance inclusion, but I, 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 I believe it's two. I think it's Vancouver and Milwaukee. I think those are the last two. Well, Milwaukee is radiance will be legal for that. Will it After, be? Mm-hmm. Because it's still because not, it's still, it still hasn't dropped it, yet. It still doesn't drop until this coming up Friday as of this week. Um, then you have to plus two weeks after that. Yeah. So Milwaukee is the 17th and that will be officially um, three weeks or it's two weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is the, the start of Milwaukee is official is two weeks after the set release. Right. So it'll be a, it'll be the okay. very first event that it is legal for. Um, there is a special event, Santiago and, oh, there's actually four, four. Okay. Vancouver, Bremen, uh, and then Santiago and Victoria, because they're not, Astro Radiance will be out, but not legal. legal. Um, so I'm not, I'm going to go out of the, on the, the limb and say, I think Mew breaks through one of those. Like, if not two, like, I don't know, two is probably too much, but it, it's going to break through one of those and come out on top. Right. I mean, it, it is a, a fair assessment. Um, all right. So two more things I want to talk about in this current meta. Um, and since we're on Arceus, um, we, we are seeing a, a little bit more um, just standard Arceus come back with just Arceus and Teleon um, and less of the gimmicks of trying to do counter box um, and just going back to that consistency um, that we were talking about. And I know I kind of probably got scared off of um, just the consistent version of Arc and Teleon. Um, but what are your feelings? Uh, do you still lean more towards the counter box ish or do you want, or you want, to kind of go back towards that, um, you know, just the consistency of the justice straight Inteleons with no backup attackers, really. Um, I think there's going to be a time we're going to have to pull it back uh, and it might be approaching pretty quickly because, and you might not have to pull it back to all the way to just Arceus and Inteleon. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Arceus, Inteleon, and then like Vidro is not a bad box that you could still be super consistent with why we're seeing it still do well. Um, 
but when you try and build the counter box and uh, you start adding some other like multiple layers, you, you, you lessen the consistency and you run into the problem of not being able to get the counter when you need to. Right. So especially if you're trying to counter too many things all in one deck. So if you stick with like Beedrill with it, the thing that might change is that it's not Beedrill anymore. Uh, maybe Beedrill leaves the counter box and it's just Zapdos. Um, Zapdos V to counter the other Arceus. Right. Because the amount of special energy isn't as prevalent as it needs to be to warrant Beedrill. That's a fair assessment. I mean, I think the metagame is slightly going away from that special energy aside from the uh, DTE um, with mm-hmm. the Arceus. Um, but even at that, we've seen it in the finals when it was, um, you know, Luke versus Peter, where Luke would um, retreat his Arceus after he's, you know, done his first attack, um, taking away that DTE, uh, essentially just now making him uh, the board state filled with basic energies. So those are there are always plays like that. And 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 a lot of these decks aren't using um, a lot of special energy um, aside from you and, you know, the RCS to get up and running to start the game. Um, so it's a fair assessment. Um, we're kind of seeing a little bit downturn in the special energy use. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the dark box variant um, kind of has that uh, E-switch vibe rather than the Melanie. So um, I think me- uh, like Melanie to X Arceus to get triggered on or, you know, things like that to get fired up is a little, it's less cards to execute. So it might be a little easier in, or not easier, but more consistent wise percentages to pull off, which one people might go that way too, just because it it takes less cards. You're not worrying about getting rid of, you, both ways you got to get maybe you get rid of an energy and then it's got to go on mold trace but then you got to e-switch and then you got to do like it maybe one or two cards more in the process but that's all right all right and then the last thing i want to talk about as far as this current meta um and i kind of seen it again leading up to, into the the event but the seems that path to the peak is seeing an uptick in play um i don't know for whatever reason that may be um, but a lot of these decks were playing a lot more path to the peak to shut off um, abilities um, of, the, you know, anything that has a rule box. Um, do you think that's going to be a trend that's going to stay around for the next couple of weeks? Um, or do you think that's just kind of like, you know, the, the ebbs and flows and it just kind of spiked this week and we don't have to worry about it going forward? Um, I, I think it's going to be that way for a while. Honestly, <laughs> I just um, the two big decks have abilities that you just don't want to let them have. Um, so if you don't need the abilities, if you're for some reason you're playing a deck that uh, you don't need the ability or in Arceus's case, you can play around the ability to where right. you get to do yours and then turn off theirs. Um I think you're going to still see path to the peak being played um, a lot. Right. Uh, just because like I said, the top two decks are heavy on ability. So if you're not one of those top two decks trying to take it down and you don't 
not relying on abilities, you're probably playing that card. And then the other one that is reliant on that ability is still playing that card. So I just, I think it's an uptick and I don't see it dropping that much. I tend to agree. Um, I just think what needs to happen is people, I, I did see a number of Mew players, um, RCS as well, not respect um, the path um, and kind of being greedy as far as its its counters or the amount of um, stadium bumps it had. Um, and seen many players throughout the weekend, um, myself included, kind of fall uh, to the path. Uh, in my in my last game, like I said, I, I kind of got stuck behind a whimsicott with path, even with having a, uh, pump kaboo in my in my uh 60 this weekend it still just didn't seem like enough um to get going and be able to get that consistency train to start um yeah. so um early paths are are becoming you know more and more prevalent i guess in the last couple of weeks yeah I, I still think i i, I feel like going through lists like three is the number like of people that are playing path they're playing three or right. two in another stadium but it's, it's like a three count. And like, so you really need to, like, if you are like, that's your stadium count. Like you need to have three to four, I would say three to four, if you're trying to counter it, like if you don't want it to be, um, uh, if you don't want to be pathed. Correct. No, I, I agree with that. So again, um, if you're going to Vancouver, um, something maybe to think about, um, you know, seeing a more of an uptick in path to peak. Yep. All right, so let's. Uh, we kind of talked plenty about you know decks that are doing well, cards that are kind of making an impact currently in the meta. Um, but again, Astral Radiance um, pre-releases are out. People are starting to get product um, from their LGSs um, that had their uh, pre-releases already. Um, so decks are going to change. Um, there are going to be new decks in the meta, um, and there's probably way too much to talk about in this last segment of the podcast um, to really deep dive, but what, I guess, what are some decks that you're excited about playing and maybe some cards that may make some current decks have a little bit more spiciness, consistency or counter or whatnot um, to them. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what new players do with Featherball. Uh, because it kind of it helps them. It's like the only deck that it kind of really, really, really helps. But it's not. Um, it doesn't burn extra cards, so I don't know if they go in the deck. I'm curious on that. But I don't um, think I don't think currently um, with Quick Ball in the format that it goes in the deck. Yeah, so that's that's kind of. I'm just kind of like going through like what's what's going to change in current decks in my head. Um, but, um, otherwise with, with, um, new stuff coming out, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see what Typhlosion can do. Um, of the three starters, he's kind of like the one I want to see work, but he's the only thing that makes me very hesitant on him is he's, uh, a psychic Pokemon that is weak to dark. Right. Um, and we've already seen a lot of stuff that wants to come up again. That is dark. That is just trying to uh, kill the knockout psychic Pokemon. Right. So uh, I, but 
his his V star power, I think, can lead to cool checkmates. Um, in my eyes, so right. that's why I'm I'm interested in him. Uh, I think he will probably be the the of the three starter Pokemon from um uh, that you get from RC's Legend, Legends yeah. that 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 released. I think he's poised to be the most prevalent if uh if any of them are prevalent to they kind of like uh asterisks get like that because mm-hmm. samurai uh, samurai could also be good but i just think there probably are better dark attackers at the moment um that's all on that i think samurai can be good um for me i i mean there are a couple archetypes like you know archie or uh, dialga um that you know might see a lot of play in japan it's seeing a lot of play um uh, but what i want to talk about are two deck archetypes and i think the meta is about to be completely shooken up maybe in my eyes and i think that's because of the addition of roxanne and i think that card is probably the most important card coming out of this set uh, above any other um consistency card above any other pokemon um, being able to um, put your opponent down to two cards um, and potentially doing other things uh, on top of that um, is going to be really, really prevalent. Um, it's going to force people to map their prizes out a little more carefully than they, we have been. Um, and also what your draw engines are. Um, we're seeing a lot of Inteleon right now. Uh, Shady Dealings. Shady Dealings, we've talked about it countless times for the last year plus. Um, depending on the deck, um, there are two deck archetypes that I'm thinking of, but both play upon Roxanne. So we'll talk about, I think, the first and foremost, so I don't think I'm. Um, this is news to anybody because I think a lot of people, have, I've myself included, have thought about this, but um, Malamar VMAX um, on top of Roxanne being able to use his attack um, basically two-shotting any big relevant Pokemon, but also taking specific cards out of out of their hand and putting it into their the bottom of their deck. So if they take a knockout, you can rock sends them down to two um, and then be able to take one of their cards, their two cards, out of their hand, essentially putting them into top deck mode. Um, mm-hmm. Inteleons are great. Clearly, it has been great. But if, if you're on a one card plus a, a top deck, um, you might just be locked out no matter yep. what, right? Um, so Inteleon may um, not be the answer going forward um, when it comes to consistency because of the card of Roxanne. Um, and then another card uh, or another archetype that kind of goes along with the same, um, the same thought process again. Um, and I think this one may be not as popular within like just the local community, um, but is like a lightning box. Um, so we have plenty of different um, lightning attackers um, that can take advantage of this. So we have we have the um, we have the Tapu Koko VMAX or Vista or VMAX, VMAX. Um, where if you're behind on prizes, you can paralyze. So um, so say you're going second, right? You can play a bolt on charge up a Tapu Koko also get an electrode out there. Um, they knock out your your uh, bolt hunt. You use your ability to knock yourself out. So now you're down to three prizes. You use Roxanne's. They have two. 
you you paralyze them because you're behind on prizes. Um, now they're on top deck mode on top of that. Um, and then you're, you know, taking Oko's and kind of doing what you want to do. You can maybe even like maybe boss up something, paralyze it, and then they're paralyzed two turns in a row um, with essentially top decking, trying to find switches. There's less switch in the format right now. So, um, and even with a lot of switch, <laughs> what's the odds you're going to find it, right? Yeah, um, for real. Um, so those are kind of like the two overall like themes where I think Roxanne is going to come in huge. Um, you know, obviously the 60 needs to be um, laid out and consistency wise um, on both um, versions. And then I guess one last thing as far as like to maybe counter those decks, I think Bibarel again is almost a must, especially if you see Roxanne's being so um, prevalent in the meta, which I don't see why we wouldn't. Um, so I think you might see people leaning Bibarel over and telling on going forward, even after before rotation. Yeah, um, because uh, I would say Bibarel becomes a lot more popular if Roxanne is uh, widely used off the start, which I feel like that's the that will be the string of things. Uh, I think you'll you'll probably see people play what is known quantities, um, and then I'm 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 a with you on that, I, I, I think that Roxanne is a must in like every deck. The question I have at the moment is what is the counts? Because obviously Roxanne's a dead card at the beginning of the game. So you don't want too many that you're seeing. Oh, look at my hand of Roxanne's and I can't do anything. Right. Um, so you want to have the right counts. I think uh, Marnie, like uh, a split between a Marnie and Roxanne might still be good for Marnie early game, Roxanne late game. But right. that might be too much of uh, also I think you, as well. You'll need to see some pal pads, but I also think um, that we could potentially, with potentially less Intellions, we're going to see. Um, well, people with the Intellion engine, we're starting to play less consistency cards, so less professors, less Marnies, um, to, to you know not draw into those. But with Bibaral, you might see an uptick in in those cards in the deck, so you might see like a a four two two like four professors for a two marnie to roxanne plus maybe a pal pad to draw them back because obviously professors sometimes can um be detrimental like you you're, you have both roxanne's in your hand so you might be able to um get them back that way um so i i'm interested to see where this go but i think fifth the meta really is going to centralize at least in my eyes around roxanne uh, I do. I do think Roxanne is going to shake up a lot of uh, decks and supporter counts because of that card. Um, so I think all of us are going to be singing Roxanne for a while. <laughs> Roxanne! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, another archetype that I'm actually encouraged to try and uh, probably going to be my second thing that I do because I didn't haven't been able to get any of these yet. But uh, we did talk about how grass might make a comeback. Oh yeah, uh, because of dark's prevalency. Um, I've been a big fan of Shaman since brainstorm. I, I I've been a big fan. I've tried pigeonholing it in decks, but uh, basically, I realized I just think it needs to be paired with a grass attacker. Um, but 
we all know, like, we know what Shaman does. It's a revenge attacker. So you really can't just build a deck around Shaman. Right. So I've been waiting for something that's not called Leafy on VMAX to kind of pair it with. Um, and I think Lilligant might be the card because it does decent damage. Um, and it's something you can power up. And basically, it does decent enough damage that you can KOVs with it, which is what I'm happy with. Right. Um, and it might be able to tank a shot from a V, as long as you're a V star, obviously. Um, so that's why I think it might be the pair. And then when you maybe lose one or two, uh, Shaman can come and clean up the rest. Right. Uh, um, on almost anything. Right. Um, I, I tend to think grass is going to be good. And I think we'll get really good. Um, and with its attack, being able to put another uh, grass back into your hand to potentially do another Gardena's um, and so on and so forth, continuing that train um, is potentially really, really strong. Um, Got to give a shout out to my boy, Sleepy Dreepy um, with Delmise. I think with Delmise, Arceus, Gardena's, that might see something with like a heavy snipe um, being able to, you know, after the board state set up, being able to, you know, accelerate with Arceus and then on top of that, accelerate with Gardenia's and then doing additional damage to bench Pokemon. Um, currently, you know, with, with Sleepy's list, he's hitting, um, you know, baby Pokemon on the bench. Um, you were seeing Inteleons, we're seeing all that kind of stuff, but potentially, you know, throw a Crobat back there. Maybe you can one shot him with those kind of plays. Um, you know, going forward. Um, so I think grass is poised to be in a really good spot. There are some decks or some Pokemon that needed a card like Gardena's to be relevant. And with the, just the overall high dark counts uh, in the meta, um, taking one shots because of that in and itself. Yep. The Gardenia's I think is a really good card and I'm just, hoping that the draw two is enough draw to keep the deck moving. Um, right. Uh, Cause I don't, when, when we've, we've talked welder S cards, uh, welder really was a draw engine mm-hmm. on top of like, you look to welder because you wanted to attach energy and you needed to draw the cards. That was your draw card. Um, so the two is kind of like scary because it's not a lot of cards, but um, the way it's worded and the way it works, if you have just a little bit of supplemental something else to draw, I think uh, that it's going to be a great supporter going forward for grass Pokemon. I agree for sure. Um, I think grass again, poised to do well um, with the, the uptick in dark um, darks there because of Mew um, does Mew stay relevant or do you think he falls off with even more mu hate um in, in the meta so we we currently have you know the arceus dark boxes we have the beedrills um and there's you know other things like that that have been trying to snipe at that mu do you think uh that with the Mineena, with uh with dark patch with dark rye um do we think mu is completely going to drop off or do we think he's going to stay um you know at least you know, a viable choice to make day two um, and make some noise there? I, I think he'll still be a viable choice because the speed at which it can hit. Um, uh, I think uh, 
Uh, I think you might find that the catchers become a like a must have because mm-hmm. all of the things that currently kill it besides Bedro are are things that like it's a known board state, right? And 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 that where is where um, you can see enough cards that it, if it can take out the threat before it becomes becomes too late then i think it might that's why i think it will still stick around because it, it has that opportunity uh, it's the whether the players can keep it on that edge of the line um yeah because i think that line is catching up to it so i i agree um and, and... Yeah, I think there's no way that Mew just kind of falls off. Um, he is just that much quicker than everything else. Um, are there any new archetypes um, outside of just, you know, the Roxanne combo that I said um, that you feel that might see some instant success um, just with, you know, the strength of the new cards coming out? Uh, I mean, I think dark de- like straight dark decks might become a thing. Um not this like dark package, but right. uh, uh, not maybe a return to Eternatus, but you might get a straight dark deck out, out there with the advent of dark patch and and all of the other dark love that's kind of going on right now. Um, so that might, I think that's a new arc, that not like a, a resurgence of an archetype that is a sole dark box or a dark deck in, it, in and of itself. Right. Um, yeah, I dark is just has so much love for it right now. Energy acceleration, um, multiple different ways. Um, basic Pokemon that you can just put down and start attacking. Um, you have Oko ability, um, just consistency. So that's not a, uh, a horrible um, choice at all. Um, I tend to think that Palkia, um, Palkia box, water box, um, where however you want to put that. Um, together um, might see a lot of play and success being able to accelerate energies there do damage upon it um, and then even with like the star you coming out um, it just it seems like that's that's a deck that's poised to do well in the meta um, and you know we've seen it do some have some pretty good success already in Japan not now does that always transfer over to um, you know North America or or you know the rest of the world? Um, no, uh, but it's it's a good indicator that I think it needs to be explored and um, you know respected right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, I think Palkia uh, of the two gods that we have in this set, I think Palkia is going to be the one that's poised to do a little bit better than Dialga. Um, we said it back when they spoiled Dialga. I just think Dialga's whole shtick of taking extra turns is going to end up being a trap. Someone will make it work though, and uh, will ruin someone's uh regional day by doing right. it, right? Um, uh, but uh, I just don't see it becoming a force uh in the meta. But I think Palkia, um, with basically the, the legendary beast before him, mm-hmm. um, proving that that type of attack and that uh ability set kind of can work in the meta. Definitely agree. Um, 
are there any other cards or deck archetypes that you want to discuss before we uh, wrap this up this week? Uh, I The only last thing I want to bring up, I think everyone's favorite uh, Radiant card is going to be Greninja. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I think Halucha is a close second uh, for maybe another two sets, and then Halucha goes back to your binder uh, once the VMAXs really start to fade. Um, but I think you'll find Halucha still maybe sliding in decks that uh, want an extra way to do some damage to uh, a Mu VMAX or a, I don't know, Delmise VMAX, or there's a couple VMAXs that are still out there. Right. But I think everyone might find space for a Radiant Greninja, possibly because uh, it, it's it's a discarded card, um, an energy card. So that could work in a lot of people's favors in maybe water decks that want run Melly, uh, things like that. Uh, it, and then you it get could the draw even, cards. It could even um, benefit fire decks too, because um, with having the stadium out there, discard an energy immediately put that back on a fire pokemon um and then attach for turn and then go on from there um so i think yeah greninja has some poise to see some success for sure um i can't wait to see you know what people come up with um going into the new meta um like i said i have a couple ideas um going you know forward um, we'll just see what kind of sticks out and is is kind of ahead of the class and what kind of sticks and what kind of falls behind. We'll see. It's always an exciting time in the Pokemon trading card game yeah. when we get a new set and, you know, we have all these awesome deck creators that try to figure something out. So hopefully um, one of us will get to break the meta um, with some deck selections here. I'm yeah. going to the full grip weekend. I know I'm going to go um and try to make roxanne be a, a thing um and see how important that card can really yeah. be i am i i have to go buy my ticket for that but uh i am definitely going to the full grip weekend as well and uh i've debated this whether you take old faithful and try and beat the new stuff uh, but i think i'm taking new this time i'm just going to hit something off the wall and see if it's like just throw spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks. Right. So, right. Exactly. I think I'm in the same boat as you. Um, but I think that's going to about do it for this episode. Um, thank you guys for listening to the end and uh, all the, the support you guys have been given, um, you know, throughout our journey here at triple P is beyond belief. So thank you guys. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at ry for gaming you can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at Pit Pokepod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.